Disclaimer, this podcast contains adult language. Folks, and welcome back to the Armchair Pundits with Lester Lindsay and Hammy Hamilton. It's just the two of this week. We don't have any guests on, so you're forced there. They sit and listen to us two talking pish of the beautiful game of Scottish football for an hour to maybe an hour and a half. Uh, there's nobody else to save you. It's you just have to listen to us two this week. Hammy, my man, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm all right. Um, I'm a bit cold. You know, I mean, the weather this week was it was spectacular. Up until the sun was out, splitting the trees, lovely weather. But it's it's, it's pushing down again. It's freezing. I'm just looking at you through the webcam, and you actually you you look quite cosy, tucked up, and quite warm there as well. And that and that nice wee hoodie you've got on. What what is that? Oh, this wee hoodie. Oh, it's a wee item of closed off apparel. Who's actually a sponsor? Um, I I'll do the wee shout out this week since you do every other week. Um, closed off apparel. You can get them at on Instagram. They make unique natural clothing. They're locally based. They're Glasgow based. And the best thing about it for me is that they make organic streetwear fashion. And sometimes that's a bit daunting. I mean, what does all this sort of terminology mean, if you like? So when you see these t- kind of terms and sustainable fashion, this, that, and the next thing, what does that actually mean? Well, companies like Clear Stuff Apparel, they're just up against it, to be honest with you, and the social, cultural, you know, ego, logistical and sort of financial systems that, that these are sort of constraints that these fashion companies are up against. So companies like Clear Stuff, you need to take the, your hat off to them because, let's be honest here, it's 100% sustainable. Um, I mean, that's just incredible. It's incredible for the environment. I'm I'm an environment man, you know. Um, so I just uh, go onto their Instagram page. You'll find their, their website there. Very, very easy to navigate through. And more often than not, me and Lester know this ourselves, when you're on their website, you don't, you tend not to leave uh, without buying anything because it's very easy to navigate, as I said. You know, it's, it's environmentally friendly, user-friendly as well. Uh, so head on over to that website. It's clearstuffapparel.com if you don't have Instagram, and you'll find them there. Absolute smashing clothing. As Lester said, sitting here the now, temperatures spot on, and I'm feeling a million dollars. You're much better than that, um, well, Much eh? better than me at that. Well, I've had about five weeks to prepare, mate, so... <laughs> You've just been sitting there waiting for the opportunity to arise. <laughs> aye, aye. <laughs> Effectively, aye. No, that was absolutely brilliant. Uh, they do also have oversized t-shirts coming out soon as well. I'm not 100% sure when it is, but maybe by the time you've heard this episode, they might be out, they might not be, but check them out. <laughs> the wine-coloured one, that's the one I'm looking at. That looks absolutely cracking. The kind of grapey wine-coloured, looks brilliant. Um, aye, tonic. Aye, <laughs> to cover a tonic, right? That's maybe not the best way to market them, I and mean, they might not be happy with it, but it looks like tonic, right? Ah, well, I did say locally based. <laughs> right. Closed off. Buy their clades, buy their, tre- their, their threads, as I've said. Get it done. Absolutely cracking stuff. Will we talk about Fitbit now? We should, and see before we go any further. Mm-hmm. Just with this podcast, you know, we like to we, we tend to listen to the podcast back both of us and then dig each other up in the in the next podcast after that. So I, I think in the last podcast that we did, <laughs> uh, this is this will come as a surprise to you. You said that Morelos would be remembered for four words and four words only. What were they again? Just remind me what they four words were. 
now scored against Celtic or something, was it I said? No, I was it never scored against Celtic. <laughs> I, I might was, have it, been. was it no that? It might have funnily been. Enough, funnily enough, I remembered that you said that last week. Um, I think he's more remembered for six words now. Goal number 55 against Celtic. Okay. Do you know what? I'll, I'll let you have it. <laughs> but what's the chances of that, though, on a serious note that like you said that, then the next week he goes and scores and like, his first goal with an old firm and about 20 attempts? Mate, there's, there's, this, is, this is just my relationship with Scottish football. I'll make a bold claim like that, right? And it just shoots me in the foot. I remember when I was in primary four, right? I was at, in my, my primary school. And all my, everybody at my primary school was a Rangers fan, right? That's how I'll put it that way. Um, and we were talking about football players, and I'd said that I didn't think Nacho Novo was a good footballer. I was like, he's a forward who doesn't score goals. And it get a bit heated, you know, especially me being a Hamilton fan. I was just getting ripped apart, like, who's your striker? And I was like, oh, Richard Alfion. But nobody knows who he is. But I was like, Nacho Novo's passionate, doesn't he even score. What happens that night? Nacho Novo scores. I came into school the next day. Barrage of insults. That's it. So, Morelos, no, don't you know what? It's, uh, no. I'll let you have it. He scored in, what was it, 15 attempts against Celtic? He's finally got it, so fair play to him. Yep. Aye, fair play to him, aye. Right. Okay. Scotland were in action against Austria. Obviously, that was, um, I was like, I thought it was a really good game. Enjoyable to watch. I had to watch it with English commentators, which kind of puts you off it. Um, How did you end up with that? I I don't know. I must have pressed a funny button on the TV remote, you know, um, and I've ended up with English commentators, but they were just, so biased and putting Scotland down everything they've done. So you can I go to a with? funny button on the TV? Ah, I must have, I must have pressed for different commentators or changed the settings or something. So I've not got Andy yeah. Gray and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost you. Uh, no, I, I, I listen. I have an English commentator as well, and it gave me the bit between my teeth. It made me more annoyed seeing hearing that commentary and how all things could all go so wrong for Scotland very, very quickly. Uh, and that's, do you know, I think they would have mentioned about how Scotland played with passion to win, to get a draw. And you're like, no, they, they, that John McGinn overhead kick, that isn't a passion. That's just good ability. That You can't just put that down to passion. That's that's great technique to score that. Um, but we'll, we'll look back around to that goal because I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, Hammy, what did you think about the game? Um, I mean, I say it every single campaign. There's always a 2-2 draw in there. And there we go. <laughs> Opening fucking game in a campaign and there's a 2-2 draw. Mind we covered it in the nearly moments. Mind when we qualified, we done a start in 11 on Scotland's nearly moments. There was always a 2-2 draw in there somewhere. Yep, check the public. Typical fashion, though, would always be that Scotland either have a, you know, a one-goal lead or a two-goal lead and we managed to throw it away. So it's not as bad as that. We managed to sort of come back, if you like, if, um for a one goal deficit twice so um, I think Austria they started off the game the better team uh, I I think Scotland potentially grew into it um, the big thing for me tonight was Scott McTominay in the middle of that park um, also called it just hold my hands up I've always said get Scott McTominay in the middle of that park and you build the team run about him I've always always said it what are you laughing at? I'm not laughing I just disagree with you I'll let you finish your point but um, I thought he was Scotland's best player tonight. Um, absolute whizzing balls um, at everyone. Um, I thought potentially maybe even Jack Hendry. I thought he looked a bit nervous on the ball, and you could say that he was. He he switched off for the first goal, and he was beaten uh, by the big boy up front for for Austria. I'm not even going to attempt his name, but he got two tonight. Uh, he got two in the game. 
and um, he was beaten. Uh, he, he beat Jack Hendry to a header, uh, which caused the uh, Austria second goal. But in saying that, Scotland get back into it twice. Uh, Grant Hanley, of all people, <laughs> getting a getting a goal. Um, I thought he looked a bit shaky as well, but uh, he proved me wrong when he scored that goal. But I thought I was I was an overall decent, okay performance. Um, a reshuffling of the formation, a reshuffling of players. You know, the likes of Ryan Jack being out, Cal McGregor was on the bench. You know that allowed Stuart Armstrong and Scott McTominay to come in the middle of the park. You know, you've got a competitive debut there for Jack Hendry. Grant Hanley, who's now kicked in international football for so many years. Um, you thought he was tried and tested. He's, he's back in amongst it. thought Lyndon Dykes was extremely good as well. thought his hold-up play, I mean, he's absolute gut. He's one of these players, I was saying it to Carter earlier on, he's one of these players for Scotland that just plays good for Scotland. He's like an Akechianya, James McFadden, absolute rank rotten with the with the club teams. But when they pull on that Scotland jersey, they're they're brilliant. I thought he was superb tonight. Um, everything seemed to feed into him, and he was then laying it off for the likes of Christie, uh, John McGinn, players like that. I thought his hold up play was brilliant. But I, to, just before we go into yours, I thought it was a, a an okay performance in the first two two draw of the campaign. <laughs> Right, okay. The Scott McTominay discussion. I think we need to have it. Okay. I like him in the back line. I like that. If we play with the back five that transitions into a back three and we're on the ball, you have Robertson and O'Donnell pushing forward. Then you have Tierney on the left-hand side of that three, McTominay on the right-hand side of that three, and then a Hanley type or a Cooper type. Just a kind of a no-nonsense centre-back. I like the two kind of ball-playing centre-backs out the three. I think McTominay's very good because he is so physical. He knows the position. He's... Didn't know the position of centre half inside out, but I think given a few more games, yeah, he seems to be a quick learner, and we've seen that at Manchester United as well. He's played a number of roles. I think in that system, he's a pivotal part of that defence. Uh, don't get me wrong, I thought Jack Henry was actually very, very good tonight. Um, I don't think there was a lot of players for Scotland that you could say weren't. Uh, I thought Stuart Armstrong was very good in the middle of the pitch, but I think uh, Scotland's midfielders that's our strongest area, and if we can get Scott, like I know Scott McTominay's one of the best midfielders, but I think allowing better players to get as many as much sorry as many of our best players in as possible if McTominay can do that job at centre back then have him in I would rather have a midfield three of the likes of McGregor McGinn and Christie um, controversial although I don't think Christie was good tonight I would have preferred to see as you're mentioning Dykes when he puts on that Scotland jersey he becomes a different animal a different beast um, he's very very good at leading and starting a press I think Christie as much as he tries, just isn't as defensively aware as some of the other midfielders. I think John McGinn would be more suited to that kind of ten role behind Dykes because he's he's more defense. He's, he's a he's a brilliant all round midfielder. Uh, seen the goal, but I think he's more of a man to activate that press. And I'm going to start calling him John McGinnon because he doesn't actually stop running. He's just he's some <laughs> He just doesn't stop. Again, <laughs> <Beginning> Esther. <laughs> um, I'm. Mate, I couldn't disagree with you more. I think the the weak part of Scotland when they got to the Euros and all those sort of games that we were speaking about on the podcast before the sort of last international games, you had the the, the treble header, then you had the double header. But we both said it in the podcast that Scott McTominay, McTominay was out his depth. Um, he was at fault for basically all the goals that Scotland conceded at a time. He doesn't. You, I know what you're saying. You said there that you like the idea and you like it that you've got Robertson. Tierney and then you've obviously got at the opposite side for Tierney you've got your McTominay and then O'Donnell 
I like the idea of it as well. In an ideal world, that would work fucking brilliant. We've got, you know, reliable players who play at a top, top level who are good footballers playing at either side of Cooper. I like the idea of it as well. But the fact of the reality is, McTominay never cut it there when he was given the chance. He's been absolutely turned it up for Man United in the middle of the park, hence why he started the night. And he was superb. And it just shows you can't play a player like that out of position. We need to build the team run about McTominay. And we need to do it, you know, for many, many seasons. And your point about Christie as well, I thought Christie had a brilliant game. Really? He's, aye, he had a great work ethic, um, constantly winning back the ball, uh, constantly playing big dykes in. Thought his link up play was very good, and he was just that typical Christie performance that he always puts in for Scotland. Very energetic, um, and I just compliments uh, Lyndon Dyke so well. I know he could maybe, I, I, I don't think, bad how you can watch game of football, isn't it? And you have totally different opinions on things like that. But I think Christie, um, I he ran a lot, but I don't think his end product was particularly good. He had a good two chances towards the end of the first half. Great two chances towards the end of the first half that he didn't take. Um, his, pass, his passing wasn't great. Um, and a lot of things broke down when the ball went to Christie. I think Dykes was very good. I think there's, there's no even a point in saying that because every time Dykes turns out for Scotland, he's very, very good. But I think the only weak link that I would put in that team would, would have been Ryan Christie. And I think when John McGinn get pushed further at the pitch, I mean, Stuart Armstrong kind of led yeah. up further. You've you seen those moments of Browns. Um, yeah. But I just think Ryan Christie, I think he is capable of him, but his confidence throughout this season, um, I think it's a wee bit of a, a knock-on, and I don't think he was great tonight, to be honest. I uh, see, you're right, yeah, it's weird, that it's like we're watching two different games, because I thought Stuart Armstrong was pretty poor. Um, <laughs> the, there was a point, see, the chance that you're talking about with Ryan Christie, you know, their goal, by the way, how bad was the Austria goalkeeper? He was fucking terrible, wasn't he? Aye, um, clearances were abysmal. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't disagree there, fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, the Austria keeper, just towards the end of the first half, he plays the ball in London Dykes intercepts. So that's the one you're talking about, isn't it? Then that's he cuts the it back I... to Christie and then he thought, mate, see at that moment, uh-huh. do you want to know who I would have blamed for that? See if you watch it back, and I says this at the time, um, Stuart Armstrong, he, he, he looks for a, a sort of layoff. Like, make a fucking different run. Like, Go across the keeper, go across the defence, make a make a wee run, you know, make like a wee five yard run to the right. Do you know what I mean? If he done that, Christie would probably have laid him in, and then it's a it's it's a easy finish. It's a you know a tap in if you like. Um, I th- that's what I was thinking. I was shouting on Armstrong to run sort of right. He didn't have that awareness. He was looking for a layoff, and then Christie ended up having a shot, but. Aye, that was but I didn't I didn't think Armstrong had a particularly good game, but I thought Christie was alright. Right, and there was two big moments that I think we need to cover as well. One was the potential Scotland penalty. Um I don't even know why I'm saying potential. In my eyes, that's a penalty every day of the week. His arms oh. are all around him, he drags him to the ground. I don't know how every single official on the ground has missed that. I don't have a clue. Do you care to try and enlighten me on what the fuck's happened? The referee I don't know what he's seen there. It's an absolute stone wall. Two hands on him. Um, and who who was it that went down? Christy? Christy, yep. So Christy, he's, me he's, he's done everything that he can. <laughs> he can, I get it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He's went down, he's claimed for it. The full Scotland team's claimed for it. And there's such a thing called VR. 
Just look at the fucking VR if you're not VR's sure. VR's not active in those, these games, though. Aye, but if it was active, I'll kidding, <laughs> I've just made an arse of myself there. I thought it was. Apologies, but aye, regardless of VR, the referee should have fucking seen that. Yep, absolutely. And the second one um, is the goal that Austria had chopped off for offside. Again, I'm not going to try and pronounce the young striker's name, um, but he got a second header. I think it was... Tierney. Aye, aye, it was Tierney, and it was after the second goal, so it would have been for a hat-trick. Um, good, powerful header again. Marshall gets two hands to it, but still in the net. Um, but there was a foul in the build-up. I didn't I didn't think there was much wrong with it, to be honest with you. What about yourself? I don't know, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was making a sub. Uh, mate, I missed that. Apologies. Did you? <laughs> missed it. <laughs> what do you make it? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see much of a foul to be honest. If it's if it's other way about and it's Scotland get that goal chopped off, I'd be I'd be fuming, pretty much. Uh, I feel a bit sorry for them, but the same football these decisions balance herself out, didn't they? So they've had one against them. We've had one against us, and it's ended in two. I think that was a fair reflection of the game, to be honest. And I don't think either side are particularly good at holding the ball. I don't think either side are particularly good at making chances. Both sides are a bit sloppy. Um, I think I think the draw was ultimately a fair result. And what about the lineup before we go? On to your next point. Um, I I was I was interested when I seen it because obviously you have the inclusion of Grant Hanley who I fucking cannot stand. I, just, I don't know what it is. He's just one of these players that I cannot <laughs> stand. Um, Jack Hendry, I was actually pleasantly surprised with him tonight. Uh, Christy, I thought was a weird inclusion. O'Donnell, I thought was a weird inclusion as well. Um, not for the lineup, but for the the, the, the squad selection. I would think it's mad that Nicky Devlin and Sean Rooney weren't brought in. Um, yeah. Yep. But, you know, to, again, to a man, I don't think there was anybody who was particularly bad or anybody who was particularly good. Um, just Ryan Christie. If, if I had to pick a worst player and the best player, worst player would be Ryan Christie. Best player would probably be probably be John McGinn. I'm a big, big fan yeah. of John McGinn. If I had to put on a bet tonight, I would have put on a bet that Lyndon Dykes when I started, just trying to read between the lines uh-huh. of what Steve Clark was saying during the week. Um Shea Adams obviously brought in to sort of increase our capabilities up in our forward area. Same with Kevin Nisbet as well. Uh, so reading between the lines, I thought, you know, Shea Adams was going to start tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a bit surprised to see Lyndon Dykes, who really is not having a great time at QPR at the present moment. I was surprised to see him start. Um, but other than that, as you said, not, not anything drastic, do you know what I mean? But um, certainly, you know, I would like to have seen more of Shea Adams, but I suppose we've still got another two games to go. Moving on from Scotland, we'll go into... We'll talk about our next Scotland captain. I think it's been fairly breaking news this week um, of Scott Brown joining Aberdeen on a pre-contract as a player slash coach. Hammy, what's your opinions on the move? Um, I think this time last week, um, you know, when the rumours initially began, if you like, I was a bit surprised and I didn't see it happening. Um, I think there was just a lot of stuff about that, you know, Scott Brown's last game, he never got the send-off against Rangers because nobody really knew it was his last game. Um, and there was a lot of talk that if it would happen, it would happen with the appointment of Stephen Glass. Um, so I sort of immediate effect you know, you're seeing from that because if they're appointing Stephen Glass, you know, in, in a week or two, then you, if, if he's going to start his recruitment for assistant managers, 
um, you know, coaches or whatever, that usually happens with the manager. So I think a lot of people were thinking that Scott Brown was potentially had already played his last game for Celtic and he never got that sort of send-off that he was hoping for. But as it's panned out, um, you know, fast forward a week later, Stephen Glass has been appointed as the Aberdeen manager. That's been in the sort of the works for, for about 10 or 11 days or so. And um, Scott Brown is going to take over as the assistant stash player at the end of the season. So he will get his send-off. Um, a lot of Rangers fans were delighted at the fact that they could lift the title um, against Aberdeen and Scott Brown would be the assistant slash player, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I think that's for that's for the good of Aberdeen and Celtic's sakes. But what can you say about Scott Brown? Um, he'll go down as a legend of the game up here. Um, not, not in the world. Uh, don't get too, too ahead <laughs> of yourself there. Um, but he'll go down as a legend, um, certainly a Celtic and and let's let's be honest here. Um, he joined Celtic in two thousand seven, and he's just won pretty much everything that is available to win times. I don't know seven or eight. How how many league titles has he won? Ten. You know, talking domestically, 10. he's won ten. Uh, he's obviously he's obviously got nine of the past nine, like the nine in a row. But I'm sure he got one before that as well. But no, like honestly, the guys. He's done, a, he's done absolutely fantastic at Celtic, as you said. He'll go down as a legend. I think possibly he will go down as one of the biggest Celtic legends ever. He's done nine in a row, the quadruple treble. It's been an amazing time in Celtic's history. Scott Brown's been the captain of that. There's been a number of managers that have went through. So the only real consistent person in that match day kind of team, if you will, is Scott Brown. He's been there up through it all. Uh, and I think the Celtic fans will be very, very sad to see the back of him. Um, as, as times obviously kind of at that level has run up, we've, we've thought it for the last couple of seasons. There was rumours maybe was it two years ago or last year that he was moving to Australia because he was um, he wasn't cut out for it anymore. He's, he's been an absolute fantastic servant to Celtic. He's moved on. I, I seen today that was he's, he's scored an he's, sorry he's won a trophy on average every twenty eight games or something with Celtic, which is just ridiculous. That's Fuck. incredible numbers. Aye, um, mate, it's just mad, isn't it? It is. Um, and then, so now we're going to see Browning Glass at Aberdeen. And I was wondering, I've got a wee question for you. What's your, you're, you're a beer man, you're a proud beer man. So now we have Brown Glass at Aberdeen. What's your favourite beer that comes out of a Brown Glass bottle? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I, I had one the other night, a Tusker. That was for Kenya. I was uh-huh. out of a brown glass bottle, and that was good. Um, you put me on the spot here. I wish you'd have asked me before we'd done the podcast, but <laughs> can I get back to you with a, with a definite answer? Because I've answered you so far with, with sort of one that's that's in, that's recent, if you like. So, Tusker, um, if you've got me the wasn't that Guinness one that you were telling me about you had the other night, no? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, that's Nigeria's national beer. It's obviously an Irish beer, but over there, um, it's 7.5%. Rise well at seven point five percent. It's imported, obviously, for Ireland. Uh-huh. It's it's mixed with additional alcohol and stuff like that. It's called foreign stout. It's called Guinness foreign stout. Um, and then it's you know sort of imported back over to the UK. But by the time it gets here, it has to still go through, you know, lowering that alcohol take again at seven point five percent. I swear to God, I've never had one like it. It absolutely blew me apart. It was difficult to drink as well. It's Usually I can drink a beer in about three minutes, but that that was about <laughs> an hour and three minutes. Um, it was a really difficult one to to try and get. 
Okay, let's talk a bit more about glass. We've spoke about brown, we've spoke about brown glass. Let's go into glass. We'll um, go with Quilms. I'll go with Quilms then if you want like to talk about me about glass. Quilms, that what you're going with? Aye. Right, okay. I, mean, I was meaning glass <laughs> as in the Aberdeen manager there. Do you know what I mean? I was, I know. <laughs> just to make sure. Um, when, I, when I've seen the name floating about, I kind of done a little bit of research on him. Um, I, 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 honestly, I don't know a lot about him at all. I, I was hoping you'd maybe have a bit more information on me. I've had a look at his teams that he's managed, Atalanta United 2, Atalanta FC, mostly over in America. I don't know enough about him to pass opinion. I hope he does well at Aberdeen. I'd like to see him do well at Aberdeen. He's got a good young squad there that he could potentially shift on and help do good things. You've seen the likes of McCrory there, Ferguson, um, who's the striker? What's his name again? Hornby. There's a lot of good young talent there. If this, I can see the man to bring them in and maybe help progress the future of Scottish football. I don't know. I can only hope so. What about yourself? How about you? What do you think about Mr. Glass, Stephen Glass? I will. It's, it's for me, right? I I think they would have been better off with Derek McInnes in my in my view. Uh-huh. But you know, football is progressive. You've got a guy coming in here from a very modern day sort of club. You've got him coming in for the MLS Atalanta. Uh, sorry, not At- Atalanta. They're for they're for Italy. Atalanta. Um, Atalanta. That was my bad. I was hoping that one was under the radar. Oh, I didn't even notice that you said it, sorry. Um, <laughs> but he's came for there, so it's it's he's sort of been in charge of a club who are more by the modern times. Maybe Aberdeen need a new lease of life, they need a new style of play. That's fair enough. I think it's a bit of a shocking one because he's inexperienced as they come. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it, it's something to do with Dave Cormack, who is obviously pals or something like that with Stephen Glass mm-hmm. um, I think that's how he's appointed he has got an Aberdeen history that much is true before our time Leicester he was the hero of the 1995 League Cup for Aberdeen he came on and set up both the goals and he got the man in the match um, on the night against Dundee so I've seen that being floating about that's fair enough he's he's a bit of an icon um, up in Aberdeen but that being said he's very inexperienced it's a bit of a risk, if you ask me. I know that Rangers appointed Steven Gerrard, and that was also a huge risk. But you just knew Steven Gerrard had that pedigree as a player, whereas Steven Glass really doesn't. Um, but in saying that, give the guy a go. Um, hopefully, you know, for Aberdeen's sake, he's a good manager. He's obviously got his ex-teammate and, and Scott Brown, when the, the two of them played at Hibs together. He's obviously got him as his number two, and also he can turn to him to play. And we all know what kind of aggressor Scott Brown can be. I mean, I can think about so many times over the years, uh, and you as well, Lester, just things. When when you've seen Scott Brown, see when a player retires, you, automatically all these sort of memories flood back to you uh-huh. about stuff that you remember them for. And Scott Brown, I mean, there's a few against Aberdeen, the one with Graham Shinney and he's pointing him. The one where he took that note off of Graham Shinney, remember that a few yeah. years ago? The one where he's swaggering a bit of pitch after taking about four tackles. That's for Aberdeen as well. And then just the Scott Brown against Rangers, Scott Brown in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy is a, the guy is a hard man. You've got to say that. I mean, you, you see, when you're looking at these players and you're going, see if somebody acted like that in front of me, I'd fucking do them in. <laughs> I mean, but you see players shite out every Scott Brown, so he must be, you know, looking at it from afar, looking at it through a, a lens on a TV and stuff like that. You're going, I'd fucking smash him about the park if that was me. <laughs> but you see all these players who, who shite it for Scott Brown. 
Um, so he is a hard man. Um, there's absolutely no doubt about it. He'll add something to Aberdeen as well in a playing capacity because he's still a good footballer. Do you know what I mean? Um, he has passed his best. Of course he has. Why? That's why he's obviously away from Celtic. But what is he? Thirty-five, approaching thirty-six this year as well. So ah, uh, the, the legs are gone, aren't they? Uh, he's, he's definitely in his twilight years, but it's it's going to be interesting. Of course it is. Um. Aberdeen, another team that absolutely hate Rangers, and they've just brought in Scott Brown. So I think that could intensify the rivalry there, mm-hmm. if you think about it like that. Um, and I am looking forward to seeing how Stephen Glass does, to be honest with you. Uh, you were mentioning Stephen Glass and experience, obviously, coming over from America. I think that's probably the reason Scott Brown's also been brought in, because that, that won't be a cheap move for Aberdeen. That'll be quite expensive when he's taking the Celtic captain to become a player manager type role and it, you, you never know we've heard we've heard rumours that people who do player coach want two contracts as a player and a coach they might want the same contract as a player coach so you yeah. don't know how much money's been thrown at that but if Scott Brown is the man who's going to be a leader that's exactly what you're wanting Stephen Glass maybe with a bit of an experience somebody like Scott Brown as his right hand man could be the ideal situation it could be that it could be the, a match made in heaven um, as and I said, I don't know too much about Glass, so it could it could be a person that takes absolutely no prisoners, like I call it a Scott Brown two point if you will. Um, but I'm in, I'm I'm thoroughly interested to see it because Derek McInnes he's been a mainstay in the Scottish Premier League for fuck knows how long. He's been at Aberdeen. I think he was the second longest reigning uh, manager in the full pyramid. Um, sadly, he's lost his job. You never like to see anyone lose their job. Um, I, I do think it maybe was a bit long in the it was time up for him. I think it kind of ran out of ideas. Uh, but no, as I said, thoroughly interested to actually see the, what happens in the future with Aberdeen next season. I can't wait yeah, for I, it. No, you're just saying there about Derek McInnes as well. Um, I th- I think you'll possibly agree with me here that Stephen Glass and Scott Brown, um, well, we'll talk about Stephen Glass because obviously we're talking about managers here. Um, he's got big shoes to fill. Put uh-huh, it that yep. way. Um, Derek McInnes was a superb manager for Aberdeen. I think maybe, as you said, just a couple of years too long. Um. Eight years with Tommy Doherty. Um, he, he actually left mutual consent, but you can probably take for that what you will. It inevitably means they were sacked. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, been, been a strong words in the back room, I. And he's been very loyal as well to Aberdeen. You need to remember Derek McInnes for that. He knocked back Rangers, knocked back Sunderland. Mm-hmm. He inherited a club who were fighting relegation at the time. When Derek McInnes took on that job, Aberdeen were in the relegation zone. Um, he stabilised them. He won trophies there. Um, he could have actually won the league in one of the seasons. I remember it was a Ronnie Dyla season. Don't ask me what one, 13, 14 or something like that. I remember that season, Aberdeen were right up there. And for whatever reason, well, this always happens in Scottish football. It happened with Hamilton as well. When a team are doing so well in January, the club just accept anything because the players' values go up. Yep. And that's exactly what happened to Aberdeen. They lost key players in the January and they crumbled after that because they sold their key players. If they didn't do that, and Derek McInnes was very vocal on it that he wanted to retain them, I think Aberdeen would have had a real shot at the league that year. Four times runner-up in the league consecutively. Mm-hmm. That can't go unnoticed as well. Consecutively is the key there. That is unbelievable. He's, uh, obviously, I mentioned the Scottish League Cup as well. Developing players. I mean, Aberdeen are a much better financial state now. You could probably argue that they're the third you know, sort of financially financially stable club uh, in Scotland. Uh, yep. Think of the players that he's brought through. Uh, brought through. I mean, you're seeing it now with young Bruce Anderson at Hamilton. Um, 
and just some of the players that he sold as well made an absolute fortune for Scott McKenna. Uh, Scott McKenna is the one that springs to mind because fuck knows how they got that much money for him. Exactly, <laughs> aye. and uh, obviously a Scottish Cup final as well, which they narrowly, just marginally lost out on uh, if it wasn't for Tom Rogic. But one goal in nine games, that was that was what it was. That was what it was like a bad, you know, it was like a FIFA or a, a football manager. It was a bad run of form and one goals in the nine games. Obviously, that's more to do with the players, but why were they not scoring? Where are they going, you know, the opposite way very gradually? I think the answer you could probably argue there is yes, and that's why they let him go. Mm-hmm. I think Aberdeen obviously had problems scoring goals for not just that nine games, but beforehand as well. It wasn't obviously as bad as one and nine, but they were having problems finding finding the net maybe from November onwards. Uh, Derek McInnes, like he it, it, it took a bold move in, in January. He took a really bold move in replacing all his forwards, getting every forward that he had at the club out and just bringing in new ones. It's, it's, it was a bold, bold strategy. It's just it's been, he's been unlucky that it's not worked. He took he, he took a gamble and it hasn't worked for him. Um, I think yep. he'll be man enough to admit that. It's pretty much what it's came down to as well. Um, speaking of people that have took gambles and it's not paid off for them, what about fucking Robbie Nielsen? <laughs> what a boom. <laughs> what about Robbie Nielsen's hearts? Um, well, just to jog your memory, hearts were um, defeated in the Scottish Cup final by Brother Rangers, which is possibly... One of the best results in Scottish football history, but also one of the worst results in Scottish football history. I think if you're a brother Rangers fan, you're delighted that you, you would have expected nothing for that game. And to go 1-0 up and concede so late in the game, to go 1-0 as well, that kind of, that demotivates you. But to win it 2-1 in 90 minutes, is just absolutely phenomenal. Brilliant for brother Rangers. I'm so, so happy for the club. Um, and I see an interesting start. Before I put this across to you, I'm going to hit you with it, hit you with it real quick. Um, Hearts season tickets sales are ten times that of the population of Brother, and Brother put Fucks. them out of the Scottish Cup. Fucking hell! That is, that is a start and a half. As much as underdog stories go, that is right up there for me. You fucking love an underdog story, don't you? I'm a Hamilton fan, mate. You've got to. Aye, ah, that's like, true. You've got to have an underdog story. But um, did, what, what do you think about Robbie Nielsen's Hearts? Mate, I don't understand why it's a big story. Surely, Broder were expecting to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I seen another mad start. By the way, this was this was this this one for me is just ridiculous. Um, Queen Victoria was on the throne the last time Hearts lost a non-league, lost to a non-league opposition in a competitive match. That was in a 2-1 defeat to Queen's Park in the Scottish Cup semi-final in March 1900. Wow. I know. I mean, oh, a hundred years. Nah, 121 years ago. That is, that is fucking ridiculous. Um, does the fans have a part to play in that? Possibly, but take nothing away from Brora. They had all that time off as well. You need to think about that. They had seven months. I, um, I don't know how many weeks. What? Seven months was it? Was it seven months? Seven but months. I suppose on the flip side of that, they had seven months to prepare. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> um, but I mean, fucking hell. I mean, the fitness levels must have been abysmal. And they still managed to hold off Hearts, but they mu- they must have studied that like fuck, must have. Yep. Uh, 
Shout out to Montrose as well, just in case. I've seen that the Montrose um, person who does their Twitter wasn't very happy the other night because they'd won 7 1 um, and they still didn't get a mention because of the Brother Rangers game. So well done to Montrose for winning 7 1. Um, and I also seen another stat as well that I'll, I'll hit you with. Now, everybody that knows anything about Scottish football and it's like kind of likes knowing stats and stuff will know this one. The biggest victory in Scottish football ever was Hammy. Uh, oh, you told me. You literally told me two weeks ago. Don't tell me. Give me 10 seconds or something. No, no it's, it's, it's going way back. It's going way, way back. It was a bro. Is it no Celtic at Aberdeen? Is that no. what you said? No. Oh. It was a bro winning 36 0 against Bonnicord years and years ago. Um, oh, fuck's sake. On that day, a bro won 36 0. Dundee also won a game, but they won that game 35-0. And you never ever fucking hear about it because it was topped on the same day. Uh, so that's, I kind of feel a bit sorry for Montrose and get winning a game 7-1, which would possibly be one of the first times I've ever class, man. And it just doesn't get spoke of it because Brother Rangers beat Hearts 2-1 in the same day. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> Mate, do you, think you should, uh, do you think Nielsen should get the sack? Uh, no, no, absolutely not. I think it's an, if he was to get the sack, it'd be a knee-jerk reaction. Look at the squad that he's got together there at Hearts, um, and they're doing they're doing okay in the league. Not, they probably should be doing better. Uh, but I think it's going to be difficult. You as a Rangers fan will probably understand this as well, is when you have a team of superstars and players that are on massive wages in the championship going to places like Abroth, they're expecting to win the game before they even kick a ball, and that's the most dangerous mindset you can have before a game. You need to go knowing that you need to win the game. It's not, it's not given to you. You need to go out and win it. Teams will raise their game when they're playing against you, so when Hearts are playing the likes of A Uniteds and they're playing Mortons, they'll raise their game because they know they're playing against internationals who have played at the top level, and they want to prove to themselves that they're as good as them kind of thing. So in the chat, I, I think... Mean, I think if Hearts come up next, if Hearts come up to the Premiership, I think you'll see that team play a lot, lot better in the Premiership than you will in the Championship. No, I don't think Nielsen needs to go. What about yourself? It's a tough one because I do agree with what you're saying there. Um, a, a team full of superstars, they're expected to win. I mean, you could put a Rhino in charge of Hearts and they'd probably still win the league. Um, <laughs> it was the same when Ronnie Dyler was the manager of Celtic. Put yep. a Rhino in there to manage them, they'd still win that league. The golfing class, the golfing finances... The players, the international players that they've got is just ridiculous. I mean, that's Stephen Kingsley's. That, he's good enough for the old firm for yep. me. Um, Andy Halliday's just recently left Rangers. Craig Gordon's just recent, recently left Celtic. Um, a full squad, the internationals. Aye, it's just it's one of the ones. I mean, I think it is. I think it's sackable, mate. When you, when you talk about stuff like that, when you say a rhino could have been in charge and blah, blah, blah. But the the fact of the matter is they've been beaten by a non-league team mm-hmm. um, and they've got a team riddled with superstars. So, And the fitness thing comes into it as well. I think it's sackable because there's been a few dodgy results like that for Nielsen's Hearts this season. There has been a few dodgy results like that for Nielsen's Hearts, but ultimately the, the result for the end goal for Hearts this season is promotion. Surely that's got to be it. And Nielsen... Is as well versed in doing that as any manager in Scotland, probably. He's already took Hearts up before, he's took Dundee United up, and now he's there with Hearts, and he's looking like he's going to do it again. I okay, whenever he's done it, he's had the biggest budget in the league by a sizable margin. He's always had a massive advantage in doing it like, and getting promotion, but he's always managed it. 
You know, he's well, I suppose actually the first time at Hearts, he didn't actually because Rangers were in the same league. The guy just seems to know that league inside out. He's like Scotland's answer to Sam Allardyce, like bring him <laughs> in and he'll, he'll promote you, like a Neil Warnock type thing. Do you know what I mean? That's who he is. Aye, aye. That could happen at the end of the season. If you can keep that squad together and get somewhere in for next season who can maybe kind of get a better out of those players, then do that. But if you're looking for a manager to promote, I don't think you'll find much better than Robbie Nielsen in Scotland, no. Aye, a mix of Pataline. It makes it even worse that um, Hearts were in the last year, well, sorry, the last two Scottish Cups final. You know what mm. I mean? Like, two consecutive seasons in the final, and then you look at, see if you're just, like, flicking through Hearts in the Scottish Cup on Wikipedia, and you just get final, final, <laughs> and eliminated in the fucking <laughs> fifth round to Brona Rangers. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's the, was it the fourth round, actually? Am I talking piss here? Is it's it the fourth, isn't it? Fourth, aye, because it's the fifth round that the Premier League teams came in here, so it would have been the fourth round, aye. Aye, fuck me, man. That's just, that's mad, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. Um, all I can say is, I'm, I'm really grateful that Brother Rangers actually did beat that, uh, did beat Hearts and win that game and progress, because now Hart, Hamilton losing to Stranraer and Albion Rovers and Aaron Athletic is near the, it's not the most embarrassing moment of this season, I'll put that, I'll put it out there. Hearts are more embarrassing <laughs> than Hamilton this season, that's, I'll yes. take that what was the Bonnie rig one? Or, oh, that nearly happened as well. Was that Dundee? Dundee. Yep. That was. Would, would that have been Moss? I, th- I don't know. Do I, I, don't, be- I don't know because you're looking at Dundee and Hearts and who's got the better squad? It's Hearts, isn't it? Hearts have got a mouth better squad. Aye, aye, fair, aye, aye, that's fair. And they claim to be one of the biggest four teams in Scotland and they've just been beat off a Brother Rangers. Um, but we'll end this segment the same way we started and just say a massive well done to Brother Rangers. That must be absolutely fantastic. If you support that team, if you're from even that area, enjoy it. This will probably be the highlight of your sporting career is watching that happen. Um, so thoroughly, massively, congratulations and, and enjoy it. Uh, we'll move now to Rangers from Brother Rangers. So we had an old forum. We've no spoke about it. We've obviously had time to watch it, watch the the highlights, the replays, see if we can see anything worth talking about. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't. I thought the game was fucking ridiculously boring. Um, I'll come to you. Did you, did you enjoy the game? From a Rangers perspective, no, I didn't enjoy the game. Um, after it, of course I did. It felt like a win. Um, <laughs> because you're on social media and it's all Rangers, Rangers, Rangers. Um, but on the day, Celtic absolutely outplayed Rangers again. So it's like a sort of flip and reverse of last season where Rangers outplayed Celtic in, in the old firms but Celtic um, were, were on top on the league in the league sorry um, and this season it's it's totally reversed Celtic totally dominated Rangers again um, watching the highlights back is actually ridiculous I mean not only did they dominate, dominate uh, possession but they also you know the chances they created the highlights, it's all Celtic. There's only a, a handful of Rangers chances in there. They took their chance, fair play to them. But I think Rangers were very lucky to, um, you know, see out the game and, and manage to, to get a point. I think Celtic possibly deserved three points from the game. They were the better side, um, more well-drilled, more up for it, won their battles in the middle of the park. Uh, that's where Rangers' downfall was again for me. Is that middle of the park? I thought Scott Brown had a really good game. I thought the likes of Joe Aribo had another very poor game. He's such a good footballer, but he just, for me, he's never done it in an old firm. Um, Edward was just, he was he was the man of the match for me. He was unbelievable. Um, the only thing possibly missing from Edward is he's, he's, he's finishing. 
I think that's a downside to Edward across, not just in that game, I think across the board, he gets himself into some really good situations and then he hits a sort of, sort of shot directly at the goalkeeper and we've seen that quite a lot on Sunday. But I, over the piece, boring in terms of an old firm, not the most memorable, no one that you're going to stick on YouTube in 10 years' time for, uh, in preparation for getting you up for an old firm. It's not a classic. Uh, but in saying that, you know, you can maybe say I was John, possibly John Kennedy's only um, old firm where he was in charge. Yep, um, we spoke on the last episode about your tendency to make an absolute cunt of yourself during old firms. So I'm just going to try and get a rundown of your day here. If you could just tell me how the day <laughs> panned out. Um, you woke up, I presume, first thing you done, um, brush your teeth, then breakfast. What would you have for your breakfast, Sammy boy? A half bobo. Which, which is... I suppose our listeners won't actually know what a half bobo is. A half bottle of Buckfast. That, that was for your breakfast. Uh, um, yes. right, okay, it's a good way to start the day. I mean, one of your five a day, isn't it? <laughs> I suppose it's made of grapes. I suppose it's, it's got the grapes in it. It's religious as well, with the monks in it as well. So <laughs> Perfectly fitting for an old firm. Uh, the game, obviously, was a bit boring. Uh, I, I, I really don't have much to say about it. I, I, tried my best to be engaged in it because I know we're going to talk about it on here but I don't think there is really much that you can speak about I think the only incident that could even maybe merit talking about was that potential penalty for Edward but I think even at that you're stretching um, I don't think you go then? I don't, I don't think the first time watching it I thought it was I don't anymore think that it was a penalty I know I agree at the time I was watching it with my girlfriend, who's a Celtic fan, um, mm-hmm. trying to get a bit of redemption here because every old firm we've watched together, Celtic have won. Um, never happened, of course. But when I seen it, first and foremost, I actually put in the group chat, as you know, it was a stole more penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, even the first angle, I went 100% penalty because you're not really knowing. Edward doesn't really dive. Jenna was also maybe the, the half bubble talking. Potentially, mate. You see straight. Uh, <laughs> 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 Definitely, <laughs> but um, I I just didn't have Edward down as a diver, but I've watched the clip back, I would say, 20 times, and it's a clear dive. There is no contact whatsoever, um, an absolute clear dive. If you're saying that that's not a dive, then you you really need to take the green tinted specs off, you've got to say, because that was a, it was a definite dive, um, and obviously the referees made a really good decision, which is quite surprising for Gollum. They call him. No, I think that, that tells you, if I think, watching incident back, the fact that he doesn't hit it first time, because that position, you see any striker gets a ball falling or that, you just put the fucking laces through it and hit it, get a shot on target. Taking the touch, yep. I mean, it's very Edward to try and take on a man before he puts away a shot, but he's took the touch, try to encourage a tackle and win a penalty and hopefully a red card or whatever. No, for me, it's not a penalty. Um, after the game finishes, um, well, Talk me through our Rangers fans' diet for after an old firm. What, what, how, what happened after the old firm? What did you have for your dinner? Another half bobo, mate. And then for supper, another half bobo. Um, in between all the half bobos, I think I had like 12 beers. Um, some of them 500 mils, some of them 660s. So it wasn't a proud day. Um, I came in, can't really remember what happened. And um, aye, that's, um, woke up with the worst hangover ever. And you've also got a new, a shiny new headset for the podcast as well, I'm seeing here. I, I, ste- I stepped on my headphones um, and had to go and get a new headset. I can't remember doing it, but apparently I did. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay, I think the final talking point for the old firm, the one that only really needs mentioned, is you were obviously gutted that Rangers didn't have the chance to win the league at Parkhead due to Celtic failing to beat Dundee United up at Tannadice. Um And I gave my prediction of how I thought, of how I liked, as I spoke last week, I'm an old romantic, I would have liked to have seen the league title pan out. Um, got to be a bit of heartbreak that had Celtic managed to beat Dundee United, that Morelos goal would have won the league for Rangers. Mate, it's, I don't know what's happened there. I don't know if God's came down from heaven and done a bit of divine intervention, but <laughs> it's God came down from heaven and stopped Celtic from winning at Tanadice, so it must be divine intervention because it's written <laughs> in the stars. Everyone was talking about it in January time that this was going to happen, and it nearly did. Um, and when you watch that Dundee United Celtic game back, how they never put the ball in the back of the net, if it wasn't for uh, Big Seagrist in the goals, then. Um, I think they would have put three or four in. So, I it's it's for a Rangers fan for a point of view in that sort of patter, sort of terms. Um, it's disappointing for me, of course. But in saying that, um, Marios, he got his fifty fifth goal, didn't he? Which is, it's, I'm trying I'm trying to compare apples. I mean, that would have been scenes if he won the league. I'd have taken that every single day of the week. I'd have taken that over him scoring 10 against Celtic for 45 to 55. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but, aye, it's, just, it's, it's disappointing. But we go again next season. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, we've only a couple more sections to do this podcast. We're going to run through our team of the year from the Scottish top flight using one player from each team, but we're not allowed to use our own team. Thanks very much to... Callum Do90, thanks very much for the suggestion, mate. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and had fun picking it. A bit of a head scratcher. Hammy, do you want to run through them? At the, do you want to go through them at the same time? Do you want to do mine first, yours first, or do you want to just will we do them one each and then compare? You go first, mate. Just run me through the rules one more time, though. Right. Okay. So we have to pick. A, so it's our team of the season so far because the season's no finished. Pre-split. Right? Aye, team of the season pre-split. Using a player from every team in the league. However, you're not allowed to pick for your own team. So you're not allowed to pick a Rangers player and I'm not allowed to pick a Hamilton player. Now, I think that's a bit unfair here because I've got a distinct advantage of picking a better team here. You do, but I need to pick a Ross County player, which makes it extremely difficult. I I had to pick a Ross County player as well and I think that was the hardest part of the full team. It Uh, was, definitely. Shocking. Without any further ado, I'll I'll go through my team. I've, I've went with a... A five-two-three, a bit unconventional, but I'll run you through it. In goals, I've went Ophir Marciano. I think the guy's been absolutely incredible. Started off the season with was it seven clean sheets in a row. Um, oh, aye. Rangers obviously put that to an end. Um, the guy's been incredible this season. Stepped it up for Israel as well, apart from against Scotland. Um, and we'll probably see him in a couple <laughs> of weeks. We'll probably see him in a couple of days for Israel as well. Um, <laughs> I think the guy's had an incredible season. There's there's no much else to say about it. Goalkeepers are pretty a boring one. Right wing back, um, I've went Sean Rooney. The guys, if you talk about breakout seasons, this this is it for him. Uh, he obviously scored the goal to put St Johnson in at the Scottish the Scottish League Cup final. He scored the goal so they could win the Scottish League Cup final. He pretty much won St Johnson the Scottish League Cup. Uh, he's been outstanding this season and more so than just scoring goals. His, his power when he runs up the, the wing is phenomenal. So much so that David Martindale, the man, the myth, the legend, actually put Marvin Bartley out wide to try and combat him. The guy's been outstanding. I've went for a back three here. Right, so this is 
I've just said fuck it with the back three and I'll just put another shit folk, right? Because who cares about your centre-backs? Minus John Guthrie for Livingston, because I actually think he is a very good player and I think he's had a very good season. He chipped him, I think, five goals in the league as well. Um, but I've went Ross County and, and at centre-back I've put Cole Donaldson in there. Um, and I've also put Declan Gallagher from Motherwell in there. I had to put a Motherwell player in. It pained me to do it, but I thought Declan Gallagher's already received a lot of plaudits from all around Scotland this season. So there's no better person to do than putting him in there. Left wing back, I've went with Adrian Spoiler for Dundee United. The guy's been, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say brilliant, he's been okay this season. Um, I had to put a Dundee United player in, uh, and it was between him and his name eludes me now. I can't remember his name. Fuchs. It was between Spoiler and Fuchs. I think Spoiler just edged it for me. Um, maybe that's to do with his goal that just helped him beat. Aberdeen at the weekend um, but I think Adrian Spall has actually been he's very very quick he's been Dundee United's one, one of their main threats all season um, my two centre mids I've went with Lewis Ferguson and David Tumble. David Tumble, obviously my Celtic player very hard to put a Celtic player in here that's, that's going to be consistently good throughout the season I don't think there have been many Celtic players that you could get, attribute that to David Tumble's come in changed the way Celtic have played really and He's looked like a pressure fresh year amongst that club. Lewis Ferguson at Aberdeen. Um, Hamilton bias in here, but again, I think in a poor season for Aberdeen, he's been one of the best players. A real be delight in that squad. Um, right wing, I've went Chris Buck for Kelly. I again, similarly, Kelly have been fucking woeful. Absolutely fucking dire. Um, they've maybe had two good players all season. Chris Buck's one of them. Not much else to say about that. St Mirren, un- are very unlucky to, um, to miss out in top six. Uh, obviously... Hamilton, um, kind of stopped them doing that, you know. Um, <laughs> unlucky for them though. Um, would would like to have seen Simon get top six, but hopefully they'll they'll, they'll get three points off to stay up this season. Um, I've went Ilke Dermis for St. Martin at left wing, and then up front, I've went for Alfredo Morelos of Rangers. I don't think uh, I, need, I don't think I need to say much to describe him. I think everybody knows Alfredo Morelos' credentials this season. I actually do like your team. I think it'll be interesting. We'll put our teams up head to head on the Twitter, um, see what our sort of followers and stuff like that. What they think, who who they would have. We could do like a wee competition like that. So stay tuned on that TA pundits, and we'll we'll get the tweet up, and you can let us know what your team is as well. I'll dive straight into mine, because uh, mm-hmm. I know that time's getting on a wee bit. So in goals, I've got Benjamin Segrist. I thought um, Marciano was a cracking shout to be honest but I think if you're talking consistently over a season Benjamin Segrist our top keeper and I can see him you know obviously I think he'll stay at Dundee United for the next couple of seasons but you know he's got it in him to go very far I think yep. um, right back Sean Rooney for St Johnson that's my St Johnson addition no much you need to say about him you covered it very well he has to be the right back in there if um, I'm not allowed to pick a Rangers right back um, <laughs> Hakima Dolphin yes um, Absolutely has to be in there. Um, funnily enough, I actually was tossing and turning um, over my Hamilton edition. Um, I was tossing between either put Haki Madolphin in there at centre-half or Ross Callaghan in there at centre-mid. Um, but it has to be a Dolphin, doesn't it? What a season the big man's had. And a lot of goals there to show for it as well. Um, my other centre-half is my vulnerable addition. That is Declan Gallagher. Managed to retain his place in the Scotland squad as well um, you covered everyone else with him albeit he, he started on the bench for Scotland against Austria but um, left back Andy Considine, he plays with the team with the third best clean sheet record in the league so I had to have an Aberdeen 
um, sort of defender in there because let's face it, they're fucking shocking at scoring goals. Um, <laughs> Andy Constantine again, similar to Gallagher, he managed to retain his sort of position in that Scotland team. Uh, at Holden, uh, by the way, I've went with a 4 4 1 1 formation. So the two Holden midfielders, I've got big Marvin Bartley, although I could have put him there at um, left wing, <laughs> to be honest with you. But um, no, Marvin Bartley. Absolutely cracking player was cracking at Hibs. Um, I don't know why they never renewed his contract, but I he's in there. He's my Livingston addition. I think he's a he's a very good addition in that squad. He's an engine. He breaks up plays, interception, um, rate is just through the roof as well. So got to be big Marvin there. Um, at the the other uh, holding midfielder is Jamie McGrath for St Mirren. Um, mm. I was going to maybe go with Dormus, but I thought Jamie McGrath has to go in there. He's got seven goals. There and um, notably, I remember the two against Rangers, which um, I thought were very well taken goals. Um, cracking player Jamie McGrath, and one that I think will go into bigger and better things. Um, out in the left, I had to put him out in the left because I didn't know where else to put him. I've got Ian Vigers. Um, not that he should be anywhere near this squad, but I had to pick a Ross County player because I couldn't <laughs> pick a Rangers one. I originally misunderstood the question. I had Connor Goldson in its centre half, but then Leicester says, no, you can't pick one from the team that you support. So I had to take Goldson out. I had to shift Gallagher in there, which meant I had to take my Motherwell place out, which was um, Tony Watt. And then I had to reconfigure the full formation and put a, because I can't put a Ross County striker in. So I had to put Vigers in. It was either him or Ollie Shaw. So I went with Vigers. Um, you know, that's left mid. So right mid's my Kilmarnock addition. Again, should be nowhere near a start in the living. Um, but Chris Burke's got to be, if you're going to talk about one Kilmarnock player that's been half decent, it's got to be Chris Burke. Um, he scored a lot of goals at the start of the season and now he doesn't score a fucking toll. So um, the one behind the striker, David Tumble for Celtic, um, has to be probably arguably their best player this season. Best out of a bad bunch. You touched on it that they, they've changed the way he single-handedly changed the way that Celtic play this season. Um, Cal McGregor, I was talking between him and Turnbull, but I think over a sort of Cal McGregor-esque season has probably been his weakest, yeah. albeit he's still been very good. Um, but Turnbull's been exceptional for Celtic and one that definitely for the future of Scotland. Up top, one and only, Kevin Nisbet. Love it. They're actually quite different. I'm interested to see what the, the folk on Twitter say about that. 100% aye, 100%. I, I'll make sure I get like and you get retweet, but because like always gets better than retweet. Aye, 100%. <laughs> well, Hammy, it's that time of the show where one of us gets a chance at embarrassing another one, exposing how little they've actually kept up to date with Scottish football. Yes, we're going to move on to the quiz. Sorry, I didn't know what the fuck was <laughs> happening there. Aye, it's quiz time. Quarantine questions. Um, I believe you've got the questions this week. Aye, you get the stopwatch, okay? Yeah, oh, actually, hold up a minute, because I've got a new phone here, and I don't know how to find it. Clock, I'm guessing it'll be in there, surely. Stopwatch, yep. No, timer, that's what we're looking for. Okay, so that's it. It's set for one minute, if you want to just verify for the listeners. We've got one minute. We've clock. got one minute on the clock. Or oh, this will be weird because it'll be a new sound that we've got for the Samsung. Can it topple the Apple? 
We'll wait and see. Right, you ready? Uh-huh. Yep. Right, your time starts as soon as I finish your first question. Question one. Which English Premier League team did Stephen Glass play for? Bournemouth. Didn't what leave year the did, Premier League. Sorry. What year did Scott Brown join Celtic? 2007. Which manager brought Scott Brown to Celtic? Gordon Strachan. Who scored Rangers' only goal in the tie against Slavia Prague? Pass. Which team did Slavia play Prague then draw in the quarterfinals of the Europa League? Pass. Which Premier League club does Shea Adams represent? Southampton. Who won the Scotland's Fans National Team's Player of the Year for 2020? John McGinn. Jack Hendry plays on loan at which club? Utrecht. How many goals has Grant Hanley got for Scotland? Two. Who do Hamilton host on the second last game of the season? Ross County. Um, Rangers How long you got? Against Slavia Prague. Um, um, what the fuck is that? That is time <laughs> up. Oh, who scored for Rangers against Slavia Prague? That's that's a wooden me. That's doing my tits in. Hey, I've got to say, I made these slightly easier, and you and you've done pretty poorly. I've usually, they you do pretty well. Usually, but it's one. It's you've done you've done okay, but you've got some words mixed up. Aye, and Bournemouth was a horrific shape for the first one. It threw me up. Right. I can't believe I went for a championship club in my first guess. Aye, well, they could have been in the Premier League at the time, I suppose. So which Premier League team did Stephen Glass play for? It was Newcastle. Ah, right, okay. Um, what year did Scott Brown join Celtic? You got that one, that was 2007. Which manager brought Scott Brown to Celtic? I said Gavin Strachan, I meant Gordon Strachan. Of course I meant Gordon Strachan. Right, I'll give you it. I thought you said say Gordon, to be fair. Um, who scored Rangers' only goal on the tie against Slavia Prague? It was Holanda. So it was. Ah, right, okay. I had you put it across, yep. Aye. Which team did Slavia Prague then draw in the quarterfinals of Europa League? Not a clue. Arsenal. Oh. So there's a lot of talk now that Arsenal should do that. Could they land? Which I'm fully behind. Just do them in, right, okay. <laughs> Tierney especially. Um, which Premier League club does Shea Adams represent? You got that one. That was Southampton. Who won the Fans Scotland National Team's Player of the Year for 2020? Do you not know it was David Marshall the other day? No, I didn't. Oh, no, I, I just went John McGinn, you know, especially after his heroics against uh, uh, last against night. Austria. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack Hendry plays on loan at which club I'm stunned you never got that you said Utrecht it's uh, Usted 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 ah uh, right okay what I'm saying o- okay. only once but I know I repeated myself about three times so. um, Usted 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 aye <laughs> how many goals has Grant Hanley got for Scotland you said two two is correct do you just google that one aye no I know um, actually during the game my brother sent me a text let me know that Grant Hanley that was a second goal for Scotland no way. Yep. Do you know who the first was against? England. Oh, kind of like England, but what wanna be England? Northern Wales. Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Wales. 
Um, who do Hamilton host in the second last game of the season? I don't even need to go there. You got that one. Of course you did. So you got one, two, I forget you, Gordon Stratton. Three. Five. You get five? That's actually not bad. Nah, it's 50%, you know. You get five, but I'm stunned that you never got who scored Rangers on the go against Slavia Prague. What team does Slavia Prague not get? Uh, sorry. What, 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 <laughs> what team does not get? I got that. It. I got that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm stunned that you never got the who won the fans player of the year and the Jack Henry one. But the fans you made up for it with the Grant sick- Hanley one, to be fair. The fans player of the year is a sickener. I should have got that one. That was a... Uh, I should have. Just for the sheer limbs alone about that save and the, the couple of seconds after the save, I should have got that. I'm massively disappointed with myself. <laughs> I think that's all I've got time for this week, I meant it. Yes, it is. Aye. Um, as always, folks, follow us on Twitter at TE Pundits. We've always got updates on what's going on in Scottish football over there. Make sure you follow us there. Follow us on Spotify and Twitter as well. Leave us a five-star review on our podcast as well. If it's not five stars, then pretty much well. Don't, don't, don't bother. That's the message I'm sending out. Cheers, Jim. Cheers, Jim.